A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into Rock Hill City Cast, where we aim to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill as we sit here and record in the beautiful studio upstairs at City Hall. My name is Matthew Cray, and today we have a very special guest, Ryan Sanderson, CEO and co-founder of Knowledge Perk, also involved with the Gravity Center, correct? Correct. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, entrepreneurship and, and your experience uh, with Knowledge Perk and building it from the ground up. But before we get into that, go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, excited to be here and, and tell a bit, tell people about the story. Um, so, yeah, like you said, my name is Ryan Sanderson. Um, I am married with uh, two kids. I've been married going on 13 years. Uh, so got a l little time under the, the marriage belt. I got uh, my son, Jackson's nine years old. I got a daughter, Jason, who is six years old. Um, I tell people there's three things in life I'm scared of, spiders, heights, and my daughter. Uh, and that's super <laughs> accurate. She's terrifying. Um, and we live in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. I was former military, and my family was military, so I've got to live all over the place. Um, and so we landed in York County in uh, York, South Carolina, I think 14, 15 years ago. Um, and of all the places that I've been, York County feels the most like home. So I fell in love with York County. We started in Fort Mill, moved to Rock Hill, and I really fell in love with Rock Hill. I absolutely love this city. Um, had no idea I was going to get involved in entrepreneurship. Uh, I was working, you know, typical regular job. I was uh, a general manager at Starbucks, and then I was a GM at Harris Teeter. I did sales for a company in Charlotte. Entrepreneurship kind of fell into my lap, and I realized that that's where I wanted to build and play was actually in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So little history on me. So where, where are you originally from? So I actually ask this question a lot. People can guess where I'm from, and nobody ever guesses. Um, so if anybody gets to listen to this, they're going to get some bonus points down the road. Um, I am actually was born in Mountain Home, Idaho. Oh, wow. I know. Nobody ever guesses Idaho. Um, so I've lived in Idaho, Germany, North Dakota. I spent some time in Jamaica for a summer. Um, so I've gotten to kind of live all over. But birthplace was actually up in the, the hills in Idaho. What's Idaho like? <laughs> um, you know, so I was the youngest there in Idaho. Uh -huh. um, I've been back a couple times on business, and it's absolutely gorgeous, the places that I have gotten to see. Um, I don't know if you know, but Idaho is famous for potatoes. Yeah. Um, so they call you know, I'm Spud Boy, Potato Kid, you know, whatever. Um, so outside of that, I haven't gotten to go back to, to Idaho a whole bunch and, and really see. It's on my list. But uh, I was in Idaho first, and then uh, Germany after that, Ramstein, uh, Wiesbaden Air Force Base, um, and then spent some time in Grand Forks, North Dakota, um, so some blizzards and cold weather, uh, and then ended up in York County, South Carolina. Um, and I got to say, Rock Hill is a lot better than Grand Forks, <laughs> North Dakota. <laughs> I'll say this. I feel like Idaho doesn't get a lot of love as a state. It doesn't. You've got South Dakota, which has uh, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore and the Badlands. Yeah. Beautiful. And then Montana, uh, all the state parks. Absolutely gorgeous. And then 
I, I, Idaho might also have state parks, but I just don't hear about it. You know, I think it does. I know. Um, our so funny enough, Idaho, our roaster that we use at Knowledge Park, the actual machine, is built in Ponderay, Idaho. Okay. Um, and so we've been out there, um, um, across from Washington, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but this company Dietrich is a was a German family. Everything is U.S. built though, um, and they basically own the entire town of Ponderay, Idaho. So it's funny. I was born in Idaho. And then the roaster that produces all of our coffee was also manufactured in Idaho. So I don't know what it is about Idaho, but it's got to be a pretty cool place. Yeah, underrated state. So we're going to get into this. And what we like to do with our guests is we'll put you on the hot seat for a minute. Copy that. It goes a little over a minute, a little under a minute. We'll see. And we're just going to ask you questions about yourself. We're going to try and get through as many as we can. Are you ready? I'm ready. When you eat cereal or soup, do you prefer to use a big spoon or a small spoon? Definitely a big spoon. All right. Last thing you watched on TV? The Walking Dead. First thing you do when you get home from work? Say hi to the kids. <laughs> Best fast food breakfast? Uh, Jack in the Box. Favorite type of coffee? Knowledge Park. <laughs> uh, favorite type of coffee drink? Uh, typically Chemex. Favorite pastry? Anything with berries. All right. Cups upside down in the cupboard or right side up? Right side up. Something in life you found out way later than you should have. Oh, my God. There's so many things I can answer that and nothing comes to mind. All right. We'll come back to it. Okay. Um, something you like to do in your free time? Uh, shoot pool or play music. What did you want to be growing up? Uh, originally a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, something embarrassing you did as a child? Uh, thought I could ride a bike, couldn't, fell off the bike so hard I actually broke my tailbone. <laughs> Ooh, and then uh, I added this one late. Coolest place you've lived? Coolest place I've gotten to live? Uh, definitely Jamaica. So the the something in life you found out way later than you should have, I have a couple examples, but one would be the spelling of the word marshmallow because there's no E in it. It's marshmallow oh with my an gosh. A. Yeah. So now that can be your answer, too. Oh, my God. That's a great <laughs> answer. Speaking of spelling, I'm absolutely terrible at spelling. And it's funny. I still cannot spell the word entrepreneur. I have no idea how to spell it. And I screw it up so much that I'm pretty sure even autocorrect doesn't know how to fix the word entrepreneur. I don't know what it is, but I can't do it. Well, that's a great transition Perfect. from our <laughs> fun questions into our serious questions. Uh, we talked about your personal background, but you are an entrepreneur. You own uh, CEO and co-founder of Knowledge Perk in Rock Hill. Yep. You said you came to York County with no intention of being entre an entrepreneur. How did that story begin for you? Yeah. Um, I think it started where a lot of people's, um, I mean, I, I talk to entrepreneurs all the time um, and we frequently have backgrounds in corporate America or something like that where we're just not happy. So, uh, you know, I started as a GM with Starbucks, moved up there, got to do some cool stuff, was a GM at Harris Teeter. Um, and then ended up moving over to a company called Get Spiffy. It was a mobile car wash and detailing company. Uh, they've done some stuff in Rock Hill, but they've, they've expanded quite a bit. I was one of the first employees in their first expansion city, which is Charlotte. Um, because of my background, I did operations for them. And then I was bored because it was a new company and there wasn't a lot to do. So I ended up after poking fun at some stuff that people weren't doing, I got put in their position, which turned out to be great, although I didn't know it at the time. Uh, and so I actually went into sales. And when I went into sales, that's when things really changed for me because I realized that I really like building relationships. I can go sell, I can go close a deal, but I'm, I was pretty good at connecting pieces, connecting things. And sales is just constantly solving problems for people, which to a degree is what entrepreneurship is. So once I got into sales, I realized that 
Um, that was something I was good at and it, it actually became a passion. I just realized that I didn't necessarily want to do that for somebody else. So the typical, not necessarily want to go be your own boss, but I wanted to solve problems my way and not necessarily the way that somebody else told me I had to go solve them. Uh, and so that kind of started this transition kind of in my brain where when we moved from Fort Mill, South Carolina to Rock Hill, South Carolina, uh, it started, I think, in really 2017. When we moved here, um, I didn't have, I live in the county or right outside um, city limits. So I didn't have trash service. That seems so crazy, but it was ridiculously difficult to get somebody to come pick up our trash. Companies wouldn't do it. Um, and so I was like, you know, I've got enough time on my hands because of my sales job. You know, I'm 200% to quota every month. I've got extra time. Why not fill that need and start a trash company? And that was literally what started everything was I was good at building. I was good at selling. Um, I saw a need in Rock Hill based off of where I lived. And quite honestly, I was too lazy to take my own trash to the dump and it was driving my wife crazy. Uh, so I, I hooked up with somebody and we started a, a trash company and that kind of started that, that path from there. So how does a trash company turn into a coffee company? That's a great question. Uh, so with the trash company, I realized that, okay, um, I can do this. I can take, take an idea, take a concept, go build revenue off of it, um, and try to solve a problem. And so another uh, gentleman came to me and said, Hey, you know, I want to start a coffee shop in York, South Carolina. I was like, no, I don't think York is ready. Um, what about someplace else? So after some conversations, we ended up wanting to start something in Rock Hill. And his thing for me was, you know, he was actually really the, the coffee guy and was like, you know, um, I need some help with the business aspect. You've started this other thing. You've worked for these other companies. You've seen kind of operationally what needs to happen. Uh, so we teamed up and wanted to start something in Rock Hill. And it started growing. Um, we started really trying to push, get aggressive. We've got very long-term goals. Uh, and it finally got to a place in um, actually 2019 where in 2018, I was doing enough with my day job that I still had, um, which is very entrepreneurial. You keep your day job because you got to pay your bills because your side gig doesn't make any money for a while. Um, but this knowledge perk concept started growing. We started getting busier. And I was trying to grow the trash company at the same time. So I kind of had to make a choice. Um, what do I want to do? What do I want to focus on? So I actually sold out my half of the trash company and decided to focus more specifically on Knowledge Perk and the coffee company here in Rock Hill. Um, finally, by the end of 2018, I was at a place where um, I literally could not keep doing both. My side gig was starting to interfere with my real gig and bosses started noticing and, you know, asking questions. Hey, what are you doing all the time? Uh, and so I actually I quit. Um and it was the hardest thing that I ever did easily because, I mean, I was making well past six figures, you know, as a sales guy in Charlotte, got to go and travel and do some cool stuff. And I went to, to build this little coffee shop that when I quit was still in 400 square feet of space, this little closet, downtown Rock Hill. And those that have followed our history know like the tiny little place that we started, which is now the bleachery salon. Um, and I made zero dollars. So I went from this great salary and really comfortable lifestyle to zero dollars, but to focus on coffee um, and that company, that became the passion. And that's where I was like, you know what? I'm going to put all my time and energy into this. All right. So we have the trash company and the knowledge perk. Uh, what was the trash company called, by the it's way? It's called Scraps. And Scraps. it's actually still in existence. They're still picking up trash today, doing a great job. So for those out there who may be looking to start a new business, what are some of the challenges you faced with scraps and knowledge perk and, and just getting it from an idea to a reality. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of things that come into play, and some of them are are simple things. Like the, the entrepreneur frequently just doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I'm not just doing this because I'm on on the podcast, but you know, kudos to the city of Rock Hill. Um. They had something called the Open for Business, and so one of the first things that I was able to go do was go visit. Um. I think his also name was Matthew, and go talk to Matthew at Open for Business. Um. And he was able to walk through. Okay, if you're gonna start a business, you know, inside the city of Rock Hill, here's the things that you need to do. Here's the license that you need to get. Here's where you check on zoning and that kind of stuff. So that was, you know, kind of step number one, like from a, um, a government standpoint, what steps do we actually have to take? And then we started doing some research um, and there is so many other resources out there that the entrepreneur typically just doesn't know about. Winthrop University has a great um, partnership with the Small Business Development Center and the Small Business Development Center is an organization that will help um, budding entrepreneurs for free. They actually helped me with my very first uh, business plan. They helped me with market research. And then again, kudos to the city of Rock Hill. They had something called the Technology Incubator at the time. The gentleman was a city employee, David Warner. Uh, and so we went to go to David Warner and ask for help. So that was one of the things that we did early on. We just didn't know where to start. So we started asking questions from all these places, all everybody that we could find. Hey, where is our starting place? Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of people don't know where to even go to start asking those questions. And so they just never start the process at all because it's very daunting task trying to take something out of thin air and just build it. Um, you've got to be able to have some support. So our support, a lot of it was actually the city of Rock Hill. And just briefly touch on what was the technology incubator? Yes, yeah, so the technology incubator was a, uh, a resource that the city of Rock Hill provided and, and downtown Rock Hill um, where they had somebody and his goal was to help um, scale and build, uh, I was obviously geared towards technology companies. And so when we went to the technology incubator, um, obviously we're a lifestyle company as a coffee company. And so we kind of pitched him and, and, uh, David Warner was like, uh, yeah, I love you guys. Great concept. I love that you want to bring coffee to rock Hill, but I can't help you. You're not a tech company. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It really ticked me off. And I was like, yeah, I, I want help anyway. <laughs> so we uh, we went back and we started building this this plan to utilize technology and engage in the coffee industry in a way that nobody has really done before. Um, and we were very much headed towards that until COVID, COVID wrecked all kinds of stuff. But the point is, is that we were able to, to use that. We wanted to use that resource so bad that we went back and said, okay, what do we have to add to make this something truly special, something that can really scale, something that people will want to help us with? So we came up with this plan. We went back to David and I spent like two hours on a whiteboard pitching all this stuff and literally laid out a 10 year plan and how we were going to you know, put technology into this company. And about halfway through, he's like, OK, OK, I get it. You can be a client. And so we actually became a client of the technology incubator um, and was able to start start opening up doors on resources. You know, here's some connections. Here's books. Um, here is, you know, how you build um, a not just a business plan, but a business model canvas, which is something I'd never even heard of before. Um, so it was a great resource that the city was able to provide. Um, we just had to go looking for it and then had to be incredibly persistent into banging that door open until we finally got inside. You mentioned business plan and market research. Yep. What are this? I, I'm assuming those are steps 
towards creating a business, what are some of those other steps that you have to do? Absolutely. Um, I mean, you've got to, so you need to have, I typically recommend that people actually start with a business model canvas before a plan. And what is that? Because um, you didn't know what it was at first. Correct. I so don't. it's great. So a business model canvas is a, um, it's basically a sheet of paper that uh, it's got anywhere from nine to 14 categories on this piece of paper. And it's things like uh, potential customers, potential revenue streams. What is your value proposition? Potential partnerships. It's got a list of things and it makes you put all of these concepts because entrepreneurs especially are really good at ideation. We're really good at creating concepts. We're typically not so great at execution. So it helps you put in categories all of these different um, ideas in your brain and segment them so you can see it in one big picture. If you get all of that stuff down on paper, then it's so much easier to start crossing out what doesn't make sense, where do you start, and that kind of can morph into a business plan, which someplace like the Gravity Center or the Small Business Development Center, those places can help you kind of form. So you need that business model canvas and a plan. You do need some marketing research. Um, you need to understand who your customer is. Um, and something that I learned also is you need to learn who your customer is not. So many people will try to go to this, this massive customer approach and, and they want everybody. Um, and the reality is that can do you more harm than good. Um, it's, it's okay to know who is not your customer so that you don't waste market dollars on trying to go acquire them. They're not going to be your customer anyway. Um, so there's a lot of those kind of things that make sense. I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make early on, and I know that I did, is they spend too much time trying to do it by themselves. Um, and that is, it's bad for it's bad for you as a person from a mental health standpoint, um, just from what you're able to 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 shoulder and bear. But it, it's also not great for your business if you can get around mentors or coaches or other people who've been in that position early, you are much more likely to not just be successful, but you're much more likely to ask better and better questions and spend less times on things that don't matter and more times on things that do matter. Um, that was one of the things that I struggled with the most early on. And I realized pretty quickly that I didn't need to do everything by myself. And so I went out of my way to go even even I couldn't find entrepreneurial groups, I went and created them. Um, I started a group of entrepreneurs in uh, 2000, 2018 and got nine other uh, founders and CEOs of companies together, all from the York County area, just so that we could meet once a month for two hours and talk about what was going on, just so that I didn't have to be by myself as an entrepreneur all the time. Um, so that's a big thing that people don't do that I would highly recommend That's part of the process. Build your support group early. It's not cheesy. It is important. So you've gotten your idea, you've built your plan, you've done your market research, you have a group around you, and it comes time for you to start looking for a location. Yep. What all goes into that? Uh, so much. Um, one, definitely start with uh, the, the city or the municipality first. Uh, I, I can't tell you the number of people that I know that looked for a location that they thought was perfect and potentially even signed a lease just to find out that it didn't meet zoning requirements or that they couldn't do that type of business there. Um, so definitely get with it with whatever that city or municipality is. Again, you know, for the city of Rock Hill, open for business. That's a great starting place to say, hey, I want to do X, Y and Z. This is the location I'm looking at. Like, am I even legally allowed to do this? Will the city allow this? Will the county allow this? Um, so that's step number one. And people forget that all the time. They get so happy about, oh, they found the perfect building. Ah, that perfect building may not work out for you. Um, so start there. Start with the municipality or the city. 
figure out if what you want to do is capable. Um, and I know a lot of people don't want to do this, but get a, a real estate and get a broker involved. Um, you, they are going to help you think about things that you're not because you're passionate about your idea. So you're automatically going to overlook every obstacle. Oh, I can get through that. Oh, that's not a problem. I'll make enough money to pay for that. Um, a broker, if you get a good one, is really going to be able to help you kind of figure out, ah, yeah, the rent is this, but your rent is this, plus your tie cam is this, and then you're going to have these other things as well. Here's all these things that go into it. By the time you're done, you don't owe you know $3,000 a month for rent. You actually owe $5,500 a month. And, and by the way, you've got to carry general liability insurance, all this other stuff. It really starts to add up and can change that picture of the location that you're looking for. So all of those things kind of matter. And at the end of the day, it is a it's a bit of a gut de, gut decision. Um, you've got to jump. Um, that was uh, another hard thing to do. I mean, right now we've got three, four leases signed, and we're about to have two more. Every single time I go to sign a lease. There's that gut check reality moment when I realize, okay, I'm putting my name. If this location doesn't do well or anything happens, I'm on the hook for X number of dollars. And if you can get past that gut check, you probably got a decent spot. <laughs> so where does, uh, I may have skipped over this step, but where does obtaining a business license come in? What, what is that all about? So I, mean, I guess it depends on where your business is going to be and, and what it is. Um, obviously, if, if you go, let's again, I'm just going to use City of Rock Hill for an example. Yeah. So if you use City of Rock Hill, um, if you're doing something inside city limits and if you follow the steps of meeting with like the open for business and going to the city first, they're going to be able to walk you through that process on do you need a business license at what stage on it. Like So for today, I'm actually working on filling out a business license for the city of Fort Mill. Um, where I'm geographically located, my retail business in Fort Mill does not require a business license, but we have a mobile aspect and that mobile aspect crosses into city limits. And so that mobile aspect does. So you've got to go meet with the city early on and decide, um, Again, my Fort Mill location doesn't require business license for the actual location. Um, if you were to do some things in the county, you may not need the same requirements that the city of Rock Hill has or Fort Mill, et cetera. Um, so find out early on. Again, that's part of that business planning day one. What is your zoning? Do you need a business license? How do you get that set up? And the process, I mean, especially for the city of Rock Hill, is is fairly simple. I mean, you put what your business is going to be. Um, they give you a, a breakdown or you give a breakdown of what you're expecting your revenue to be. Um, and then you pay a, a minute fee based off of that for that business license. And it's once a year and done. So it's simple, but it's a good point. You got to do that early on. <laughs> So now you, your business has been started. You have your location. You've gone through all those hoops. Now it's time to grow the business. Yep. What, what all falls under that category? Uh, so much because, I mean, again, everything depends on your industry, your business, and what you started. Um, but I can speak from experience, especially on the retail side. I mean, um, as, the, as the founder, you wear every single hat. Uh, and so you're you're the chief executive officer, you're the the floor sweeper, you're the barista, you're you're the marketing guy, um, and so a lot goes into um, you know actually getting started and getting your product out there. Um, I'll I'll go back to say it really goes to how much support you decided to put around you to start with, um, because the more people that you can get around you to help. It may not change the fact that at the end of the day, if you're the you know the only employee to start, you've still got to do all of those things, but at least you can do them a little bit more efficiently. You've got some advice on kind of the best way to go. I know for us that uh, you know the the struggle has been 
growing and scaling your business and getting trying to get more product out there, bring in you know more revenue so the company can grow, and matching that with you know a payroll and and what you need to be able to pay people and and not just not just pay but trust the team and hand off more and more responsibilities. Um, and they don't always scale at the same speed. I mean, a lot of times to go get more revenue or to go get more sales open a location, you actually need more people first. But then you got to catch 22 because you need these people to go do that, but you haven't gotten that revenue to pay them. And you're like, um, oh boy, uh, I've had some some crazy close calls. I mean, your typical entrepreneurial up at two o'clock in the morning sweating because I literally don't have enough money in the checking account to make payroll the next day. Um, that has happened more than once. So there, there's a lot that starts to to go into it. Um, it comes down to, you know, do you have enough belief in your business? Did you take enough steps up front to set yourself up for success? Um, and it's little things like, did you get your business license early on? I mean, again, I can't tell you the number of people that went to a location and spent all this money and got all these things ready to go just to find out that they didn't do enough research on the location or the license and it ends up getting shut down or they got to pay extra and their entire business folds in a couple months and it didn't have to they just got so excited about their idea that they didn't do the due diligence on the front end and they had a great concept probably would have been a good operator um but there's rules and policies in place for a reason. And people want to, to say that, you know, we're organizations might be out against the little guy. I don't feel like that's accurate. I feel like the little guy sometimes gets in too big of a hurry. Mm-hmm. And some of these things are actually designed to protect them and their business and, you know, the city and the county as a whole. So, so one of the other resources we have here in the city is called the Gravity Center. Correct. And what, what do you do with the Gravity Center? Yeah, so I'm uh, one of the original founders of the Gravity Center. Um, right. So I'm an owner in, in the company and a board member. Um, and I've got a couple different functions. Currently, I serve as the, the vice president of our board. Um, and I, am, I do a lot of stuff with something that we call LEAP. It's the... Um, oh, as soon as I said it, the acronym went out of my head. Uh, but it's... Uh, Leader and Entrepreneurship Access Program. Um, what we do is there's 10 of us that actually own the Gravity Center. We're all entrepreneurs. Um, we have a partnership with the city of Rock Hill where our executive director is actually a city of Rock Hill employee. So it's a partnership between you know private and, and uh, the city. And through this program, we are able to help entrepreneurs. And so like uh, today, I just scheduled myself four four-hour blocks over the month of January where my time is available in four-hour blocks. Anybody who wants to come to the Gravity Center and book 30 minutes with me and just talk about how did you get your business license, how did you take these steps, all these things that we're talking about and getting started, they can come book that time with me for free because I've, I've been there, I have done it more than once, and there's a lot of people that are trying to do the same thing. Again, they don't know necessarily where to go and how to start. Great. There's 10 people at the Gravity Center that are going to give up our time for free, solely dedicated to helping people figure out that process, connecting them to the right people. So the Gravity Center has a, a lot of resources. Um, my main role is to be able to support our chair and our executive director, which is Hannah Horn, um, and then to be able to support entrepreneurs as they come through. So you've, you've kind of seen the or have your hand on the pulse of just the entrepreneurship community in Rock Hill or you have over the past how many years? It's about f- getting close to five. <laughs> uh, do you see more entrepreneurs? Do you see uh, more interest? But uh, what does the landscape look like? Uh, I think it's growing. Um I think there's always been entrepreneurs in in Rock Hill, and I, I mean that's evidenced by there's you know there's always 
um, salons, barbershops, restaurants, coffee shops. I mean, we've got a vibrant city uh, and especially a very vibrant downtown. Um, so I think it's been there. I think what has started to change is that now um, more and more people recognize that entrepreneurship. Um, they realize how much more important it is to economic development. I mean, it is it is actually an engine for economic development. The more small businesses that you have, the more things that are available, resources that to draw for bigger businesses. I mean, it feeds the entire ecosystem. Um, and now with places like the Gravity Center, there's simply a larger focus on the resources that are available. Small Business Development Center has been in Rock Hill for a very long time. Um, and they've been over at Winthrop and they've done a great job. I think they've got a whole lot more visibility recently because we've partnered with them through the Gravity Center on and more. The city of Rock Hill has done more. Um, and so a lot of these resources that have been there and been kind of hidden and siloed away, the Gravity Center's goal is to bring all of those into one location and, and kind of just be one place where somebody can get connected to all of those. So entrepreneurship is becoming more and more top of mind for more people. More resources are becoming available um, and they're becoming more obvious. Uh, and I had a question for you because I, uh, to kind of shift away from that, you, you had your business started in Rock Hill, yep. Knowledge Perk, and now you've expanded to Fort Mill and uh, McAdenville and yep. Columbia. Columbia, You're South Carolina. On that. Yep. So, one, what go what goes into the process of deciding? Okay, we have a local business. We want to start expanding. Yep. What goes into that? Um, there's a couple of things. The biggest thing, and this is something that I talk to entrepreneurs about um, frequently, is what is your goal? What's the end game? Um, you know, and a lot of people have no idea what the answer to that question is. They don't think about it. Um, they're so excited and focused on getting the concept off the ground and starting, and it seems odd to think about where does it end. But if you if you know where it ends, if you know where you're trying to get to, then it makes the path to get there so much easier, and it cuts out a lot of some of the the side channels and things that you could do that could potentially hurt your business. So in in our case for Knowledge Perk, we knew from day one that we wanted to grow to a certain size. And we have an end goal in mind of being able to exit the company. I want to be able to, to build a brand that uh, does certain things inside the coffee industry, has a certain um, certain quality about the brand and our coffee and what we want to do. And then I want to hand the entire business off to somebody that can take that and run with it. So my whole company is built on an acquisition strategy. Um, some people's business might be built on it's a family legacy and they want to hand it down to their kids. Uh, for some people, it's, you know, just it's a 10 to 20 year, I don't want to say hobby, but it's it's meant for them. They're going to run it. And then at, um, when they've got to a place where they want to retire, it'll shut down or go away. So all of those questions are super important because if you know what the answer to that is, then you know what steps you need to take. So I know that if I want to build a business that I can sell. I've got to build my business a little bit differently. I'm going to have more expenses. Um, and if I'm going to have more expenses, then I've got to have a little bit more revenue. I've got to hit scale. Uh, and so for me, that means I've got to open X number of locations. So it's all part of that. I know where I'm going, so I've got to figure out how to get there. Um, and new locations is a part of that process. I'm going to make a statement that I've been workshopping in my head the past few minutes as okay. you've been talking. And you tell me if it's true or false. Uh, every business or restaurant that you go to or eat at at some point started as a small business. True or false? True. It's true. So it's they true. all started small. So McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or Walmart, at some, at some point it was... It was one a, place. A one was, place. Right. Right. It started with one location. So 
uh, people like you uh, who have multiple locations, and I don't know what your plans are, but there is the option that you could end up becoming a national brand. Correct. Is that something you want to do? It is. <laughs> it is. And it's and it's hard, too, because, I, I mean, for me personally, you know, I have Rock Hill specifically, but York County has supported Knowledge Perk unbelievably. Yeah. I mean, it was day one. I mean, there's the amount of support that we have is crazy. And... A lot of it is because it's that small town feel. You know, we're we're you know the the first coffee roaster in in Rock Hill. We've you know we've got this beautiful space. We support. We do all these things, and it's so hard for me sometimes because I do want to be a national brand, and right now I'm the little guy competing against all of those big guys, and so I've got that little guy support. You know, and at what point do you cross that bridge where you're not the little guy anymore and you are the bigger guy? And you still want to keep the little guy feel, but you also lose some of that little guy in hometown support. Like what, what, what is that? Is it, is it four stores? Is it 20 stores? Is it a hundred stores? Yeah. But at some point, granted, I may be able to provide, you know, hundreds of jobs instead of 20 or 30 jobs, which would be great. But do I still get to be the Rock Hill, you know, local boy that started the small town coffee shop? Or am I, you know, the big giant that's now the the enemy because I'm not the little guy anymore? That's and I know that seems a little bit crazy, but like it's on my mind because, you know, I don't want to lose that feel. And the support has been so crazy. But I also know what my end game is. And that's going to change the perception of my company for in some people's eyes. And, and we've already started to see it some. So it's a hard thing I'm, to balance. I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> Uh, that is something that entrepreneurs deal with though, yes. as it grows, correct? Yes, it absolutely is. I actually, um, so I just joined an organization in Charlotte, North Carolina called the uh, Entrepreneur Organization, EO. It's a global organization. Um, and that's one of the conversations that we were having at a board dinner the other night is that as an entrepreneur, typically the more the, the more you do, the more you want to scale. Um, and it's not a factor of, of greed by any means. I mean, I'm sure it is for some people, but I tell people all the time, I'm not motivated by money. Um, would I like to make some? Yes. If I really wanted to make some, would I have done coffee? Probably not. <laughs> um, so for me, it's not necessarily about the money, but it's about building and creating something. And I do want to scale that. And I want to, I want to be, be able to employ, you know, a bunch of people and, and make a difference and an impact. And you start to, to lose sometimes the local people if you do go to a national level. And you don't want to do that because I can never forget that if, if everything goes away, I've still had a great run. And if we're incredibly successful, like I hope so, then you know that started in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and it started with Rock Hill people supporting. So to understand that you might lose some of that love because you went outside of there, one, it doesn't seem fair, but it also is like... I mean, you got to balance that and deal with that. And we're certainly not the only company that's got to deal with that. I'm sure we don't have enough time to cover everything, but is there anything big that we missed or that you'd like to add? Um, I don't think anything missed. Um, you know, I think you do a great job asking about the starting places. Um, I know that was a frustration for me when I got started. So, uh, you know, if people get the opportunity to listen to this, the city of Rock Hill has great resources. Uh, they are open for business. It is very business friendly. Um, every city has challenges and obstacles. Just, I mean, every, every city does. So Rock Hill is not perfect, uh, but it is a great place to start and build a business. Um, the only the the biggest piece of advice that I would give to people is utilize the resources that are out there. Um, the city of Rock Hill has an open business office. Go there. Um, Small Business Development Center will give free planning and resources. Go there. Ask for help. Uh, the Gravity Center is a great way to get connected in all of these um, different entrepreneurial programs. Go there. Um, ask for help. 
get get advice, get counsel, and build some people around you so that you're not building whatever your business, regardless of small or you want to scale to a national size company. Surround yourself with mentors and coaches. Um, and fortunately, the city of Rock Hill and, and York County is a is an area that provides those resources. Um, it is friendly for startups, so use it, take advantage of it. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you for coming on the podcast today Thanks. and joining us to tell us about entrepreneurship. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.